Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast. I hope you're good. This episode, as all episodes are, are brought to you by Golding Accountancy. We are golding.com, dream accountants they are. How are you? I hope you're good. This week I've got a legend on my podcast. I'm so happy that she agreed to come on. I was trying for quite a while to get her on, but she's so busy saving the world. Um, It took a little while, but Ruth Talbot um, is a single parents' right campaigner. And she set up the campaign group, actually, Single Parents' Rights. And I came across her, I mean, I talk about it in the podcast, I can't remember who shared one of her posts, but obviously it resonated greatly with me being a single parent. And when I found her page, I was like, this is what I should be doing, because I do a podcast about being a single parent, but I felt quite bad, because it's like my podcast is like, I chat to people and talk about positive experiences, but she's doing graft, trying to get um, rights bills passed, because... Single parents don't have as many rights as uh, parents when there's, you know, both of you are together. <clears throat> Sorry. Which I didn't have a clue about, but um, it's quite astonishing, actually, the amount of discrimination that you face without knowing. Well, in some cases, anyway. So this podcast was a good chat with her to find out um, why she uh, does what she does and what she does. So I hope you enjoy it. If you're affected by anything that we discuss or you think you'd have a story you'd like to share or if you know anyone that you think would be good to come on the podcast, then please get in touch with me. I'm looking for guests at the moment. Um, my socials are mum and mama pod. Uh, and I think that's it. I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work. Work. Oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> I love to do this podcast because literally every time I talk to someone, I always say I'm really excited because I genuinely am. I get to talk to such lovely people. Um, today I'm joined by single parents rights campaigner, Ruth Talbot, who I followed on Instagram. I don't know when I found you. It must have been a year ago, maybe. When did you start the... I've thought I've been writing about being a single parent and trying to sort of raise awareness of it gosh for about five or six years but then I only sort of made it more campaigns focused about a year just over a year ago in lockdown a bit more than that because it was in lockdown yeah I can't remember how I found you either because if someone must have shared one of your posts but I can't remember who it was but I was like, when I found you, I was just like, oh, my God, I love you. Because you were just saying everything that I felt and doing such important work. So you, so is single, the, is, is, it, is, is it a charity or is it just a... Just a campaign group. We haven't registered a campaign group. as a charity. We're just a campaign group. Bunch of volunteers. Yeah. Trying to make so that, that's single parents' rights. Single parent rights, yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that for? So that started around a year ago. It sort of grew organically. Like I said, I was doing the writing and trying to raise awareness. And then in lockdown, obviously single parents were just completely forgotten and it was really hard. And then I did this slightly mad thing of going and knocking on Dominic Cummings' door. And (laughs) writing him a letter and hand delivering it with my kids in in tow. it was when it was all kicking off in the news about him having gone up to Durham. And yeah. at the time, everyone was like pushing for him to resign. But I thought it was really interesting because one of the things he was saying, if you took it to be true, was that the reason he'd gone up there was because his wife was ill and he was worried about looking after his kid on his own. And it was like, well, hello, yeah. that's what single parents do. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> And obviously, in a lockdown, you, like, lose loads of support. A lot of people were losing finances or worried that they were about to lose finances and jobs and things. So, yeah, yeah. I was just sort of trying to say, well, look, if if that's, you know, worried you at the time, imagine how we've been feeling and just tried to get him to see how it was. And then it just sort of, sort of all spun from there. Really. Did he respond? Did you get a response from that? Yeah, so I'd actually written the, I'd um, addressed the envelope to him and his wife, and she got back to me, and then it led to some emails back and forth, and then there was an email with him as well, and then there was a phone call with another advisor from Number Ten about what kind of policy change people wanted, and because I am, because I'd been running the blog for ages, and I'm a member of different groups, I had 
quite a network of single parents. So I was yeah. to bring up what people wanted. And a big thing was obviously support bubbles. Yeah. And on a broader thing, what people wanted was for single parents to be added to the Equality Act so that it's illegal to discriminate, so that policymakers have to think about us first, so that when yeah. and we're not just forgotten. Um, Sorry, my daughter's just standing outside the door. <laughs> Lola, yeah? what's the matter? I'm my nails. Oh, she shut up. You're right. I had to paint her nails before we started recording because I've just been, I had another meeting earlier and you get the guilt, don't you? Oh. You're, you're not you're not spending enough time with your kids. Obviously, it's half term when we're recording this. And she was like, can you paint my nails? I was like, yeah, I'll do it later. She's like, can you not just do it now? So I just did it in like... 10 minutes so she was just showing me but I can't see I mean the door's like <laughs> anyway so you said that single parents can't be um what's the word discriminated yes again so there was nothing in place beforehand then to stop the discrimination no there's still not there's no so the way equality law acts it, sorry the way equality law is in the UK, it's only discrimination, it's only legally considered discrimination if you're one of the protected characteristics. And right. protected characteristics, um, and being married or in a civil partnership is one of those, but being single or a single parent isn't. So you can you can often claim indirect sex discrimination because the vast majority of single parents are women. Right, yep. But from our perspective, that's not very direct. And often the discrimination isn't happening purely because you're a woman. It's happening very specifically because you're a single woman. Because a lot yep. of this stuff wouldn't happen if you had a partner in tow. So yep. not about your gender or, or it's certainly not about your gender alone. Yes, yeah. So that's our issue. And also, unless it's a protected characteristic, employers and government and businesses won't consider single parents before they introduce a policy we're not pushing for this policy change so everyone can go around suing we want yeah to mean that the discrimination doesn't exist in the first place that people yeah. think about how things will affect single parents first yeah yeah how it would happen you they have a duty of care to think to consider those in the equality act when they introduce things so recently you've been experiencing the discrimination that single parents face within housing yeah haven't you and that's something that i've i went through as well i mean not as not to the extent that you've gone through it and i was very fortunate and i've got a, i've found a place to rent through a friend and i've i um because when i was looking my i was in the house that i was in with my ex-partner mm -hmm. then he'd gone he'd been gone for a couple of years and my landlord told me that they were they wanted to sell so they were quite happy for me to stay there until they did sell. Yeah. But I was like, I can't wait. You know, I can't. <laughs> I need to look for somewhere because obviously I might not be able to find anywhere when you. you yeah, of course. You can't them. just find something in the drop of a hat. No. So ironically, they never ended up selling because mm -hmm. two sales fell through and then they've ended up renting out again. So I, I never did have to move. But I'm in a better place. I'm happy to have moved. So it's fine. But Good. so. When I did first start looking, first of all, I phoned the council to see if I could get put on a social housing list because as a single parent, obviously it's one income, plus I work part-time because I've got to look after the kids. 
and I found out that that doesn't really exist anymore. You just have to turn up with your eviction notice and all of your stuff and your children. Yeah. And then you can get housed temporarily anywhere in the country. It hasn't got to be anywhere near their school. Um, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I can't move away from my support system and I don't want to live anywhere else. I want to live yeah. in, in my home, you know. It's crazy. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's freaking it's absolutely i'm just like how does that make sense that doesn't make sense for anyone because that's no. not going to be any good for the children or the person and then where they move to they're going to put pressure on the yeah, yeah. the services there i mean it's just it's gonna it's complete madness anyway um and i didn't even want a council place i just want a housing association so my rent's controlled yeah and they can't chuck me out yeah you know that's i just Fair think that's the of yeah. someone saying actually you've got to leave your home now um but they couldn't tell me if there are actually any housing association places where i live because that that information doesn't exist so it, it, the whole thing was just no okay. one that i spoke to knew anything and no one could help me and i just thought i've got a, i've got a degree i'm born in this country English is my first language and I've found it yeah. impossible how the hell are people who aren't as educated or aren't as fluent in the language supposed to I mean it's absolutely... exactly that's what I, yeah exactly it's that's disgusting. what I thought but um but so uh, then obviously I was looking to rent privately and the amount of everywhere was like so I get um working tax credits because I work and I'm you know yeah. you can't get you can't get uh if you get any benefits, they don't want you. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm... that's that's it then, isn't it? <laughs> and places were like, we'll say no single parent, no single families, no single parent families. Bonkers. Did they actually write that in the advert? Or that was verbal when you'd phone up? I had, I didn't experience that because when I was looking, it would just say no, like no income support or whatever. Yeah. But a friend of mine she was told verbally that they wouldn't have any single parent families yeah so i don't know if i've not seen it that i can remember written yeah. i don't think they probably would do that because i don't think that they can no. but i know that she was told that they won't have single parent families but then i i facebook i put on facebook does anyone know of anywhere that i can live and a friend got in contact and were like i know somewhere and it's turned out fine but what's mm. been your experience so my experience is basically I owned a house um and I wanted to move from the area for various reasons it took me ages to sell it two two offers fell through and so when I got this final offer um more recently obviously I thought yeah I'll take it and I'll find a place to buy while it's all going through anyway the place I tried to buy fell through because there was legal issues with the ownership of it so basically got messed around by the solicitors on the sale side so I couldn't buy that but my sale was still going through and I thought it's fine I'll just rent temporarily while I look for somewhere to buy yeah and I and um obviously I had a chunk of money from the sale because that's going to be the deposit for my next day um So I thought I knew I knew all this discrimination happened towards single parents because you know that's part of the reason why I've felt this campaign and we've had some of the people tell us about how awful it is to rent as a single parent. And I know a lot of it is linked to the housing benefit. So because I've got this these savings from my house sale, 
I was previously on universal credit, but because I've sold my house and now I've got savings, I'm not entitled to universal credit. Yeah. So I'll have to pay for the rent out of my savings. Totally fine. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. well, that's much less risky for any landlord. So why would they be bothered what my yeah. setup is? So I just went, first of all, I did, to be fair, I did try and find a one bed. I've got two young kids because I thought I'm just eating into my deposit. I'd rather eat into yes. less with yeah, yeah. sharing a one bed. But everywhere was yeah. saying, no, we won't, we won't even show you a one bed with two kids. And I kind of just thought, oh, why? Well, they just say the landlords won't rent. I didn't, I didn't really get into it. I just thought, oh, maybe that's how it works. Because I haven't been in the, well, I've never been in the rental market as a parent. I, when I've rented in the past, it's always been in house share. So I just thought, oh, maybe there's, I didn't really think too much about it, to be honest. I just thought, okay, fine. But they have families living in one-bedroom places. The council put them. I know. In. Well, this is private renting, obviously. But I anyway, I just thought, okay, okay fine. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll yeah. do the two-bed thing. Go and see a two-bed. It's fine. It's in the area where I want to buy, so it'll be fine. And um, put in an offer, because you have to put in an offer and fill in the forms and everything. And then he comes back to me, the estate agent, and tells me that the landlord won't rent to me because not big enough and I was like I was just totally gossiped I was like not big enough what do you mean like surely it's none of your business how much space I have and also it's two bed and yeah I've only got two young kids and he was like no no no, that second bedroom is really small and actually I was planning on putting us all to sleep in the second bedroom and having more living yeah I thought yeah that I was like what do you mean it's too small too small for a seven-year-old the little one's going to be in with me um how can a room be too small for a seven-year-old? You know, if it's too small yeah. for a seven-year-old, it's not. It shouldn't be counted as a room, but it's yes. not actually yeah. too small yeah. for a seven-year-old if it's a double bed. And I was just really gobsmacked, and I just kept saying, "But I don't understand how it's the landlord's business." And well, why have you got an advert with a with two double beds in there if actually you're saying you won't rent? And then I did say to him, "I said, would you rent to a couple, or would he, the landlord, rent to a couple and one child?" And without any hesitation, he literally said, oh, yeah, that would be totally fine. And I was like, well, then that's totally discrimination. And he, and he was basically just apologetic. Like, to be fair to the estate agent, I don't think any of it was his fault. Yeah. Whether he should have put more pressure on, I don't know. But it didn't. he did sound like he felt awkward. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I, and I asked him to send back a message to the to the landlord <laughs> it wasn't very polite <laughs> like <laughs> I tell him I hope he never ends up with a ton of savings yeah. and he's a single parent and no one will leave on renting a home and all that yeah but, um yeah so then I just sort of thought well maybe it's just a one-off and then yeah. so I phoned around for these other two beds I put an offer in for another one but they went with someone else I don't know if that was discrimination or not or not to be honest yeah yeah. It's hard to know, isn't it? But with this one, there was no one else, no one else had offered. It was quite a small two bed, to be fair, and it was a bit dark. Like it wasn't the nicest flat by any. Yeah, yeah. But it ticked all my boxes and was cheaper than they normally are. So for me, actually, it was kind of perfect. But anyway, so the other one I put an offer in, I just didn't get, didn't get any feedback, so I don't really know why. And then um, the, then this other estate agent, when I was asking to view some two beds. They just kept saying, no, you can't view. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, what? it's not big enough. I was like, it's a two bed. 
And they were like, yeah. no, but we've seen it. It's a really small two bed. And they have like the photos in the floor plan. I'm like, but it's not. It was bigger than but the other two bedrooms. It's two, two bedrooms. Bed. It was like, this is bonkers. It's two bedrooms. It had photos, again, with double beds in each one, space around each. This one definitely had more space. And I was just like, and she was going off about how it was, um, the council would say it was overcrowding. And I got into a, like an argument. <laughs> the council would not say it's overcrowding. The council, would, <laughs> the council would never even give me that if I went to them. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. When I, that's what I was yeah. told. I'd get a one bed. Exactly. For the three of us. I'd get a one bed. There's no way I'd get a two bed. There's no so way. My kids are both bollocks. boys, and the eldest is seven. The youngest, the youngest is three. There's no way on any, on anything that it's yeah. considered overcrowding. In yeah. the end, she put me through to her manager. And he and he agreed that I was right that the council wouldn't it wasn't breaking any council rules or anything, and um, and then I was like, well, your your staff are misinforming people and not letting people view, and he was like, well, I can't really comment, and I was like, well, I think maybe you need to train your staff because they are stopping people view. It's like imagine if you went to a shop to buy a pair of shoes and they were like, we don't sell to people with feet like you've got. Well, hang on, can I show you my feet? No, we don't have any shoes that would suit your Please leave the building. No, you can't even walk through the door. And you'd be like, but I can see shoes there that would fit my feet. Yeah. No, sorry, off you go. Like, it's yeah. like that. And he was just quite rude, even in a sense of like customer service. Surely if a customer says one of your staff is misinforming customers, yeah. then you should, you know, politely apologise and look into it. But the thing, it's a saturated market, isn't it? He doesn't need to be. No, he doesn't need to go to you. Like, because well, they'll get rid of it to other people. It, it's full yeah. now, so I can't get you a viewing. And I was like, yeah, sure, I understand that now. But how am I ever going to get a viewing if your staff keep blocking me? And then yeah. he was like, well, they've probably said it because they know he won't rent to you because most landlords like to rent, and this is quoting, to someone in their ilk. So if they're single, they'll want to rent to someone single. If they're in a couple, they'll want to rent to a couple. I.e., none of our landlords are single parents, so none of them all want to rent to you. So we're saving you the bother of wasting your time to come for a viewing. So then I started on wow. saying that if I do, maybe I'll offer £500 more a month than anyone else. Obviously, I'm not going to. But yeah. until you let me view, you don't know what my offer is going to be. And... It didn't, I mean, what, it didn't really go anywhere. He said the other, the places had gone, so what, or the viewings were booked up and stuff. So what could I do? And then, then I wow. did a three-bed, or maybe that was even before, I can't remember the exact order. I viewed a three-bed because I thought, right, this is me going from, I'll just wash this into one bed. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to have to go to a three-bed. I'm like convincing myself, oh, well, at least it'll be less stressful. Okay, I'll have no money left, but it'll be less stressful. It'll be worth it, blah de blah Find this really nice house um as in like it was really big and I had this huge garden it was it was a bit um ramshackled inside but for what I don't care about that like the space yeah. in the garden would have been perfect to be fair yeah I offered slightly more than they were asking because I thought okay I said to the agent I said do you think it will go under which was my cheeky way of finding out if it would go over and he said no I think it will ju just go bang on I don't think it will go over either I offered just a little bit more, like 25 quid or something more a month. Yeah. It still adds up, to be fair. But I think yeah, yeah. Just to make myself, like, nudge myself yes. the competition, right? Yes. 
I'm obviously not going to win ever on an equal footing, considering I can't even win against an empty property. So I offer more, keep phoning every day. Have I got it? Have I got it? Have I got it? And then um, in the end, they say no. And who got it was a couple with two kids, older kids. um, And they offered bang on the asking price. And when I said, so why didn't they go for the more money option? And they said, oh, they just, the feedback was just that this other family were a better fit. So wow. maybe what you will. And obviously, in the meantime, my house sales going through, I was actually, they, my buyers needed to move in. So I just had to find an Airbnb. And I was lucky that I did find one that accepted me with the kids because a lot of them also wouldn't have yeah. the kids. Even though, again, they would say, like, the room would take three people. But when you contacted them and said the three people was, me and two kids suddenly suddenly there was like issues with this that and the other and but I found a, a, the place I did stay the woman was really lovely but just yeah the weeks and so now I've come to my parents for the summer holidays because we'll be away a bit anyway and I'm just gonna yeah reassess and hope that somehow I find a kindly landlord or ideally I find a place to buy yes yeah and sit the rental bit but I'm lucky compared to most like single parents because home ownership in single parent families is much lower than yeah. than the yeah. average much lower so I'm really yeah. happy that I've got that to fall back on but it's a real like wake up call to how bad it is and I'm someone who yeah. already got that it was bad but yeah. I couldn't even let you view like, that's shocked that's really shocked me like, really shocked me because uh, it's basically just saying no yeah. straight off the bat yeah. And I wonder what the statistics are actually on, because I know people are nervous because you do get bad tenants, but I wonder what the statistics actually are on how many problems there are with single parent families as as, as opposed to other people. Because I, I work for this lady who used to rent out a property which rented out at £10,000 a month, right? Mm. It was a very, it was in West London, it was very fancy, every single person she had that lived there damaged the property in some way or caused problems with paying their rent was late or there was always issues with every tenant and you can imagine the people that lived there were very high-end incredibly wealthy well-to-do people well high earners and i've never touch wood i've never missed a rent payment ever and i've always rented when i was single in a relationship you know and as a single parent yep. i've never you know so i would actually be interested to know because this um it obviously comes from somewhere i think it's just stigma because i don't think it adds up because i think yeah 100 percent. for starters bad press. most people know that it's hard to find a place so they're not they're not going to mess it up because then they yep. how are they going to get a reference for the next place or yep. get kicked out or whatever i was offering six months rent up front um because <sighs> i'm paying from my savings that's why I sort of, you know, a bit arrogantly, a bit naively assumed that being able to pay up front like that would make me immune to the discrimination on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know that's not fair on everyone else, and you know, and I think that's appalling, and I and I and I fight to change that. So yeah, I actually genuinely thought I wouldn't. Actually yeah. Thought, but I totally yeah. did because they don't I don't think they even know what what the problem is because I would have offered and agreed to pay double the deposit or something you know I would basically have done anything to get it 
Yeah, I... and it's it's your home for your babies. Yeah, like you're going you're going to want to make it a lovely place, and you're going to want to stay there for as long as you need to. Yeah. How because would it's you your you, children's home? You don't trash it when you've got kids. I just don't buy no. that. I mean, I know the no, odd, odd um, family would, but I imagine that's a lot less than the odd single person. Hundred percent. Like I just don't buy that. That's a higher rate. It's just this. It's the stigma attached to being a single parent, which creates. It's, it's like the tabloid press, which have created this whole belief yeah. system around people that are on benefits the working class single parent families and everyone just thinks we're terrible yeah and we're not <laughs> there's yeah. just that discrimination isn't it yeah definitely it's really <gasps> that's terrible really maddening so how long have you been a single parent for did it well has it been quite a long time yeah so my eldest well he's like seven and a half as he'll tell you yeah <laughs> and he was about half <laughs> when I became a single parent. So about seven years I've been a single parent. Okay. I was married to his dad and we separated and was quite soon after. And then um, my second one is I've had him on my own through using a sperm donor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, how was that? Oh, it was... It did was you have to do that privately? Yeah, so I actually, I did it through an NHS clinic but as a private patient, because I preferred the yeah. idea of the money going to NHS. And I thought they were less likely to rip me off. Like you hear of clinics sort of saying, oh, do this extra thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't really help, but it adds loads of money. So I just did um, IUI, which is basically where they squirt it up you. Yeah, <laughs> with a turkey baster. <laughs> a very, very long turkey. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember now. I had quite a few attempts that were cancelled because of like I had too many eggs or I didn't have enough eggs or things like this. So it was it was quite frustrating. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Like my friends have gone through IVF and it's like this very yeah exactly it's not an easy process. No, so it took longer than I'd hoped to get pregnant, but um, but yeah, then I I got pregnant and. Yeah, it's amazing doing it that way. I mean, it, I won't say it's not challenging. It's definitely challenging. And I had a very difficult birth, which, like, kind of made me struggle a bit for a while. But overall, it's actually amazing raising someone who doesn't remind you of someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But literally, you can say whatever you there's like. nothing. There's, like... Because obviously I've experienced both, haven't I? Like I've experienced having yeah. a child, or all three, having a child in a marriage with a partner there, I've experienced that breaking down and how it feels to try to co-parent, although that never really happened. Um, yeah. And all the kind of tensions and upset and drama that that can cause. And then having the other extreme opposite of there's no one else around. And yeah, there's no resentment or anger. And it's really amazing. And freedom, yeah. even though I have complete freedom with my eldest because his dad's not really involved and the involvement he does have is just like see him once a year in a park for two hours so it really has no impact. oh okay right yeah or okay occasionally more often than that but not you know, yeah always at least months between it and I'm always there and it's just in the you know outside or something so it's not an impact it's not a big impact. yeah um so yeah, the yeah, it's it's amazing. I'd definitely recommend it. Well, I think <laughs> the hardest thing for me has been managing my relationship with their father. Yeah. 
because it's the kids are fine I can deal with the kids I prefer doing it on my own because I'm not getting let down because I'm expecting someone else to be doing something that they're not doing and it's just I much prefer it but still having to manage that relationship with him and the guilt that I felt at first about who their father was which was ridiculous because obviously yeah. he's got to be their father because they wouldn't be here if he wasn't but you know they're that that's been the hardest thing so i i imagine 100 percent it must be a lot easier yeah. if you haven't got that yeah. other person yeah there and even though my older one's dad's like i say not really involved but that's there was years of trying to have him involved and him being a bit more involved than that and you know to begin with he would see him once a week or once every two weeks um yeah like you say all dealing with that relationship and you know obviously often an ex the relationship will be difficult like most people like if you think of your exes of the past like you'll just walk away and not continue to have a relationship with them but obviously you can't yep. have kids and the, yep. yeah definitely a lot of guilt um and I think I, I know that some people who go the solo motherhood route talk about guilt as well of you know deliberately not giving their child a second parent but in a way because I feel have felt guilt towards my eldest for who I gave him as a father yeah 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 it's irrelevant because otherwise they wouldn't be them yeah I saw it sort of made it me feel I think I've kind of skipped a lot of the guilt with the donor conception thing because I've kind of yeah thought, yeah but you can try and do it the so-called right way and it all goes wrong anyway so yeah yeah at least it's not gonna go really blow up in its face like it just yes what it is from day one yeah I don't think we should feel guilt for that. There's so many different oh, God, things no. nowadays. Yeah, 100%. And the thing is, you don't know how anyone is going to be as a parent until yeah. they're a parent. No. <laughs> you can't foresee the future. I mean, obviously, sometimes there's warning signs and whatever, but, you know, you don't know. There's no test you have to pass. No. It's there. So you kind of, you have to make the decisions that you think are the best ones and for the right reasons. But, you I mean, you can be with someone for five minutes and get pregnant and have a kid and have a, the best time of it or you can yeah. be with someone for five years and it all falls apart you know you absolutely just, you don't know so have you if you told your young do your younger son know yeah about his father that he's donor conceived yes yes, yeah. yes he knows and the old, old one knows um he's just starting to talk about it actually interestingly and on although i say i i don't really have guilt he, he he's trying to draw it out of me because I've had a few times <laughs> where he's said, um, where's my daddy? I tried to explain again that he doesn't have a daddy and we used to, oh, I used a donor and yeah, I explained like mummy's egg and the donor sperm and then he grew in my tummy and you came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show him physically and things. And then, um, not that. <laughs> not that. Like, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and and he just keeps saying, but where's my daddy? I want my daddy. And then he's like, get me a daddy. And then I'm like, it's not that easy. And it it's hard. And I'm yeah. surprised he's saying it this young. Um, Does he go to nursery? Yeah, he goes to nursery. I think maybe it's from that, isn't it? Yeah, it's when it's the outside. It's because they see, it's kids just kind of react to what they see, don't yeah. they? And uh, there are obviously a lot of different types of families nowadays, so it's a lot easier. Yeah. But obviously, I suppose if other kids are talking about their dads and he's seeing dads, then he's probably going to be like, oh, 
Yeah. And that's natural, isn't it? But the, you're being honest. If you're yeah, honest, no, that's exactly. all you can be. And that's, you know, and you'll get over it. Yeah. You know, because people have dads that shout at them all the time and beat them up. And I'm not saying that all dads are like no. that, but, you know, it's as long as he's loved. Yeah, exactly. And, like, his older brother's dad isn't around much, so it's not like... I sort of expected him to just take it as the norm. Yes, it's obviously yeah. just something I yeah need to just keep continuing to it's talk about. It's really just about. a stage. Yeah. And they're the kind of like, does he kind of ask, where's my dad? And you say, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, all right. And then gets on with something oh, else, you know. He, he got really <laughs> upset the other day about it. And then I was like talking more to him about the donor. And I do have some photos. So the one time he talked about it, I showed him a photo. And to be honest, he did this, his face was incredible. He just did this like look of like awe and this weird sort of contented look as well. And I was like, wow, I, w I wouldn't have, maybe this is naive of me, I don't know, but prior to showing him that photo, I wouldn't have expected him to kind of connect with it. And he kind of did. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Um, and I'm luckily, lucky enough that we could make contact if we wanted to for various reasons so I think that's what I will do in time but he's in America and then the, la the last time when I actually mentioned that he's in America um my little one was like I want to go to America I want to go to America and I was like okay one day so I think now I know he does want to try and build that relationship yeah. I'm going to explore how I can do that yeah um and I suppose that's different for the kid. You're not going to know how the kid, because some kids might not give a shit. No, and def yeah, really, you definitely hear it's that. It's just dependent in, yeah. on them, isn't it? No, totally, totally. And he might not give a shit in the in a few weeks or whenever. Yeah. And we're not about to go to America just yet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Especially not at the moment. No, exactly. <laughs> so you know. Whereabouts yeah. in America? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's just all, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's but, amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, wow. it's definitely amazing what you can do nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, my friend, so she came on the podcast actually. She was um, in a gay, she's gay, so yeah. it was two women. So they had to obviously get a donor. Yeah. And they were like going through like all the process that they had and like choosing. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's like shopping for. I know, it is full on. Yeah. <laughs> sperm. But yeah, I do think I think probably a lot of women, if they had the option, knowing what they know now, <laughs> might be like actually that would be a lot easier. Definitely. Kind of. Yeah. Especially like I was already a single parent, so for me I wasn't to go from not a parent to a single parent completely through choice. I think is obviously a very big decision to make. But if you're already yeah. a single parent and you're just adding to your family, I think for me are you the time thing it was just like in the end i sort of decided if i haven't met someone by x date like the end of the year or something yeah then, I, then i'll do this because i know i want yeah. a kid i'm already a parent. yeah yeah i want more kids yeah i can't hold on forever for to yeah perfect yeah stranger so i'll just no i've got i've got a couple of friends that are, are getting older that really want babies. I'm just just fucking have one. Just yeah. have one because you might wait for years and years to find the right person. One never find them. Two find them out, get pregnant and then split up yeah. anyway. You know, so it's like if you really do just want to have a baby. And there there's there's options. loads of support networks out there for making the decision, for going through the treatment, for once you are a yeah. parent. So yeah, there's a really strong network. 
do you want to are you looking to get into a relationship with someone else or are you not interested in that until the kids are older or no I was actually looking but I think well Covid hit (laughs) but I think to be honest I think I'd sort of given up a little bit before Covid I think with when it was just me and the and my older one I dated more definitely it was definitely easier yeah. that kind of thing in when I only had one and then I was still trying and I did date for a bit when the little one was young and then I think I just thought it's just exhausting and it's not it's not really leading anywhere and I don't want to use like the odd time I have to input on this and then obviously COVID. yeah yeah so it just became impossible yeah I'd love Mr Perfect to turn up at my door yeah. Know him, I'll give you my address when I get yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all the I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot point is difficult, kids. isn't it? Yeah. So when did you start blogging then about your experience? What made you want to have a voice? Um I think it was just getting so annoyed how much people didn't have a clue what life was like. Yeah, I think I think people sort of thought like, oh, it's sad that you've separated, but you're separated now, so yeah, you're you're over and done with that, and now you're all fine. And it's like, well, no, because it ushered in single parenting. It's not like a breakdown of a relationship, which isn't doesn't then usher in something entirely challenging. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I remember, like, I think it was at the Christmas, we'd split up sort of summertime, and at Christmas time, I was back at my parents, my brother was there, and him being like, oh, just get over it. And it was like, (laughs) it's not really the relationship as such, or not the relationship that ended. Like, I'm still having challenges with the relationship because I'm having a different relationship now. I'm having a, I don't really, can't really call it a co-parenting, but whatever, you know, trying to something parent relationship which is hugely challenging and actually I'm just single parenting so yeah I don't know it was probably about six months a year after I'd separated that I started writing it was just literally to try and get people to understand I think the first post I wrote was um the 10 realities of single mum or something and it was it was about how it's great that you get the freedom but also how lonely it can be and that you get yeah. no space or time to yourself and stuff. And I shared it with someone who was a blogger at the time. Um, and she was like, oh, you should write. And I was like, oh, no, I've written this blog post now. That's it. And she was like, <laughs> more stuff. And then, like, although I haven't written much lately just because of time, I then proceeded to write, like, a thousand blog posts. So yeah. clearly I did have more things to say. Yeah, yeah. Where's your background? Have you, what did you used to write? before so not not like um sort of for my job or anything I always wrote like diaries and stuff yeah um yeah but I yeah so I've always I think I've always had it in me to enjoy writing um but yeah I haven't done it as a job or anything like that so so obviously so you were doing the blogs and then what happened did they start what what did you put them on how did you get people to read them I just put it on a WordPress site yes um, yeah 
I did it anonymously to begin with because I think there is so much shame and stigma, not just about single parenting, but about all the things connected to that, like mental health, my mental health, mental health of my ex. He had severe mental health issues. Um, and all, all the kind of complex issues that go around that. There's a lot of stigma about it all. Yep. And even though I wanted people to know about it, I was still very nervous, I guess, of, yeah. of people knowing that that was me, what was happening in my life. So it was very hard to actually get people to follow because I think the normal thing is you share it on your personal pages, friends and family read, and then they share it. Yeah. Um, but, um, like, when I started, Mumsnet used to do, like, blog of the day and things like that. So they often shared it as my stuff as blog of the day and things. So that's sort, sort of different yeah. ways. And then slowly friends sort of worked out it was me and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went on to Instagram... Yeah, and I well actually I wrote I wrote some pieces for other things as well like Scary Mummy and um, Metro and like I did I did then get some paid for pieces and then that would link back okay. to the blog and then yeah yeah I only I didn't start the Instagram that long ago I kept thinking but it's all about pictures and I'm useless with pictures <laughs> but then yeah. someone pointed out well, you can just put like a Canva quote up and then write something in the post yeah so, yeah um i'm slowly getting the hang of it <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, yeah i just have to keep thinking i've got a post i've got a post so. <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not that like, good at this sort of marketing side of it i'll be honest I'm, yeah you know, if i'm having a challenge or whatever i might not post for a couple of weeks um, yes yeah yeah so when did you start the single parents rights campaign then so the actual campaign it sort it sort of came out of that um, lobbying with Cummings, so it must have been about a year, just over a year ago. And then the Instagram page is probably more recent because there's a volunteer yeah. who runs that, so she set it up. Um, maybe only about six months ago or so now. I'm really bad with timing. Um, yeah, I don't think it's been that long. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a Twitter account with it too. Um, I think I, st I sort of started the Twitter account and the website at the beginning and I just felt like I couldn't do any more social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thankfully, we got a volunteer, Steph, who's really yeah. He runs it. And then there's and there's other people behind the scenes who help with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your, what are your next movements? So at the moment, just some of it's just little things like updating the website and stuff. But then we're also going to try and do more campaigning around fairer pricing for single parents. Yeah, that's a huge thing for single parents, especially in the summer holidays. You can get discounts as a family, but only if you're a two point four family. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and also we're going to try and do stuff around HR policies that are inclusive to single parents. So again, there's a lot of movement nowadays, which is great for diversity and inclusion but it tends to focus on the existing protected characteristic and we yes, yeah. go further and include groups like single parents. Yeah. So we're doing some, we're getting our policies up on the website. Um, and then we're just trying to get more groups on board and continue to lobby. We really want there to be a review of policies because we've, 
we've got like a an Excel table that sort of summarizes all the different policies we've come across. That yeah. And this is aside from the fact that like private businesses discriminate or private landlords or whatever. Yeah. yeah. This is like actual government policies. And there's lots of them. And that's just over time that we've come across them. There's probably lots more. Um, yeah. And so we want to try and address those. Um, so what types of things have you found? So things like, I think one of the ones I find the most shocking is that if you're a registered carer, so that could mean that your child has a disability or you care for an elderly relative that needs care, full-time care. Um, but it means you must be doing 30 hours of care more a week yeah if you have a partner and they're in work you're entitled to 30 hours of free childcare if you've got a three to four year old if you don't have a partner in work or just don't have a partner in other words you're not entitled to the childcare. that's ridiculous it's, it's so ridiculous what it would mean is say like for my example because i get the 30 hours because i work but if you if like my seven-year-old had like quite severe medical or disability needs and I yeah. work, I wouldn't be able to get the free childcare for my three-year-old. So I'd be feeling and coping and looking after my elder one as a registered carer. My three-year-old would also be there. Now, if I suddenly parachuted in a husband who went to work, <laughs> I'd suddenly be allowed to send the three-year-old for 30 hours free childcare. But obviously, unless he's a complete douchebag, he'd presumably help out in the evenings or yeah. or whatever. It's a financial support, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, co- yeah. of course, people in couples deserve that thirty hours as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue yeah. that way. But it makes no sense that we're not entitled to it. Um, That's crazy. And it's such a marginalised group, though, that it just doesn't get raised. Like the charities involved aren't raising this as a thing. Yeah. Whereas it's to my mind, it's just bonkers. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, but why wasn't? Why aren't we included? Are we deliberately left out? Or are we just not thought of? It's a really good question. Um, it could be either, couldn't it? Because sure, they know that families are made up of all different if you look at the wording of the policy what it says is that if you're married then caring responsibilities as a registered carer are considered equivalent to the work requirement so it makes no sense because it's it's very specific wording it's like so if you would consider that to be equivalent to work and therefore i wouldn't have to go out to work because obviously doing yeah um caring responsibilities is working in and of itself doesn't make any sense for you to take away that if i didn't have a partner you can sort of only really come to the conclusion that it's a political decision yeah you yeah. want to make it easier to be a single parent family which makes no logical sense because if you don't want to make it if you think if you're anti-single parenting for whatever crazy reason, denying people who are already single parents who are registered carers with, say, disabled children or or someone else they're caring for, to take away their help, is not going to push them into a relationship, is it? It's going to push yeah, them into a yeah. breakdown. So it doesn't yeah. even achieve their aim. 
Yeah. Like, this should give us more childcare so we can go out and date. Like, if that's yes. their actual yeah. aim. Yeah, like, exactly. Because I try to look at it from their perspective and it's like, even from that value set, it makes no sense. So then all you can think is they just don't want stories in the mail of single parents who are getting free childcare or something. But it doesn't make any sense because I don't think the male would even be interested in that because surely it's fine for a three-year-old to get free childcare if if the yeah. parent is busy looking after someone else. Yeah. It's, it's madness. Yeah, it is, literally. Yeah. Um, are there any... Is there an MP or anything that you work with? Have you managed to get anyone on board um, that could actually do something? Yeah, we're trying to build relationships with MPs. So Caroline Noakes chairs the Equalities Committee. Um, and and she's been relatively supportive and interested. So we're hoping to build that relationship. We've kind of yeah. quiet the last few months because it's just been a bit bonkers. But I'm hoping to pick that up. And then also the shadow equalities minister she's been really supportive and i've had a meeting yeah um so again hoping to build on that um yeah how was your lockdown oh my god it was it was a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) were you working from home well luckily i got furloughed after a little bit so i we all got covid or we think it was covid just before lockdown so we yeah. all started isolating. And then once we were out of isolation, lockdown had been called. It was really weird. I think I just went to a really weird head place, to be honest. And even though, like, you could go out for exercise and stuff, I rarely did. Like, yeah. even going to the shop, just, oh, it was just such a huge effort. And there'd be massive queues. And obviously, I'd have the kids with me. And it, I couldn't get any online. I could never get an online. Yeah. And I remember mentioning... Did anyone ever moan at you for taking your kids shopping? No, they didn't, to be fair. I didn't get anyone moaning, but I heard no. people saying that. Yeah. I probably looked so pissed off they didn't care. They they got a mouthful. <laughs> Literally, the first time I went, I saw the queue. I just started crying and walked away. Yeah. I was just... I was just so, it was just so overwhelming. It was just it like... Yeah. It wasn't obviously just about the queue where I burst into tears. It was... Okay, so we don't know how long this is going to be for. I've got the kids. I've got no one to turn to. I've got a job to keep going. Um, And for the first, I can't remember now, I think it was until Easter, um, I was carrying on working, had some time off or something, and then they furloughed me, I think. Yeah. Thank God. And um, And then started working again in the September when school and nursery went back because I lost my nursery place as well because they had so many key workers um because nurseries open in general nurseries open much earlier than that but I didn't get a place because he was in baby room still and they had so many key workers they couldn't and they had to prioritize didn't they the older nursery kids right okay so so that went through until the September so it was in the new school year and then, yeah, I've worked through the other lockdowns and stuff. But I did come to yeah. parents um, for a bit of one of them. Yeah. Which helped. But um, yeah. And there was just, I think for me, it was the mental health side, like so much on you. And then you get so isolated that you then, 
I don't know, it just becomes really hard to reach out because I would walk, yeah. I'd go out and I'd see other people from a distance that were obviously out and meeting people and then we weren't even supposed to meet anyone with the plus one, this is before bubbles, like the plus one, technically yeah. we couldn't make use of it. And then you'd see other people that were <laughs> making use of it. But I think my headspace had just gone so, like, I'd gone so into myself that I just didn't... Yeah. I don't know, I just kept away. It was really weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like when you're in that place, you can't... You don't want to reach out for help, even though you need help. You, yeah. You're just too low down, aren't you? Yeah. You just... Yeah, it's, it's not... Uh, it's not a nice, <laughs> it's not a nice place to be. No. But, and everyone, and then you feel like you don't want to moan because everyone's going through it and, yeah, it's a, did you have a garden? Where yeah, you were, very luckily I had a garden. Home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I would have done the daily exercise if I hadn't had a garden, to be fair. Yeah, and that was a, I was really great every day, every day I was just, I was grateful that I had that because it was really nice, the first time it was really nice weather, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So at least we could be outside a bit and... No, yeah. totally, yeah. And were the kids all right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gave up on homeschooling because <laughs> it just yeah. was a massive battle. My little, my eldest one, sorry, was in year one the first time round, and it was just, I was like, okay, so I can either do this and ruin our relationship, and he probably yeah. doesn't learn anything. Yeah, yeah. I can give up. Our relationship will be fine. He probably still won't learn anything. But our relationship yeah. will be fine or not as badly yeah. damaged oh yeah, yeah. It, honestly I, I often I just gave up I remember nights when the kids had like Christmas jingles on and were dancing and jumping on on the bunk bed at like 10 11 p.m and I was just like I've given up yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like you just can't summon the energy like yeah I had long COVID as well and that was a nightmare that was a real nightmare to be honest and it got progressively worse until I then got COVID again at Christmas which although hideous and awful and my parents had it as well which was really hideous they were fine but it was obviously the fear because they're older yeah yeah um, yeah was but the second um dose of COVID knocked out the long COVID okay yeah so which was amazing because I was getting to the point where I was like I don't like I'm gonna have to make serious changes to my life because I just yeah, can't yeah. do all this. I can't cope. Yeah. Um it's really scary. Yeah. Really scary. I get the odd little issue from it still, but nothing like I'd yeah. I was in a lot of pain to be honest, quite often. So oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh no, I mean I am just so grateful it's gone. Like yeah. I mean, I know other people who even though they've had COVID a second time, it hasn't kicked out. And it, yeah, because it does. That is apparently a thing that other people have said it it has helped. Get yeah, but not everyone. So yeah, I, I'm just in like just so grateful. Yeah, it gives you a big insight into what it must be like for people with chronic fatigue and ME and things like that. To be honest, yeah, yeah. it really does. And hats off to any single mums who who deal with that. Yeah, definitely. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how some people do it. So how long? So you're at your parents for the summer holidays. Well, yeah, um, we're off camping next week, and then we're back for a bit, and then we're off to Wales for a couple of weeks. So we're so oh, lovely in and out as a base. Yeah. And I'm hoping for a miracle 
<laughs> so that by September, somehow I've got a house and I've got a school. Oh, yeah, because school's going to start back up, isn't it? So you've got to get back for school. Well, I've, I've told his old school that he's leaving. And, I, yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing. I've told them he's leaving. Yeah. He said goodbye. But obviously they, I thought I'd be re getting a new address and then I could register him at a new school. Of course, yeah. At this rate, he's probably going to get registered at my old primary school. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Even if it's just for a few weeks or a couple of months. Yeah. Um, I might I, I might have to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to see what happens. Oh, then I have to think about... Reg I need an address from my little one I'll definitely need an address by January for the school admissions because otherwise you know what it's like yeah. in London they're so jam-packed oh it's a fucking nightmare my, yeah. my school well the girls school had to take they took on an extra year they took on an extra class well, they opened up a new class wow yeah not I think it was not long not September just gone the September before I think it was they had like a, a temporary classroom built in the playground because so many people didn't get their like their choices their first choices and they obviously were getting sent to schools that were miles away so and a couple of them um and other schools near to me did it as well there are just so, but they're building so many flats, and they're not building any more it schools. It's like because the area I'm trying to buy in, I know that they've got spaces in my older ones here, so he can get in really easily. But I still would need an address to then get them. Yeah, just all logistics, isn't it? It is all logistics. It's a nightmare. But I wish you luck with it. Thank you. And everything else. How do people get in touch if they want to help? Well, yeah, How we would love help. We love all the hands on deck, please. So um, either through the campaign Instagram handle, which is Single Parent yeah. Life, or my yeah. Instagram handle, Elemental Mama. I'm also on Facebook, Elemental Mama. Twitter, Elemental Mama. Twitter for Single Parent Rights. But it's short. It's SGL Parent Rights. Um, okay. Or just email us, singleparentrights at gmail.com. Well, I will share, I will share the link to everything. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for everything you do as well it's 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 nice to know that someone's fighting our corner <laughs> not some other people it's not just me but yeah thank you so much for having us and for having me for building. yeah yeah thank you i appreciate it and just wait there because i want to say goodbye to you properly but we'll say goodbye to the podcast oh. <laughs> thank you thank you so much have a lovely summer and bye, you. bye. So yes, that's the amazing Ruth. And I'll be pleased to tell you that she has got a property. I've I've been emailing her because she lived she lived near me before, but I'm not sure where the, her new house is because I was like, I'd really like to meet up for a coffee. So I just need to find out where her new place is. But yeah, she's she's doing amazing work and she's lovely. I really love chatting with her. So follow her is Elemental Mama and single parent rights but I'll I'll tag her obviously in the socials and I'll um I'll post links on the um little bit of writing on the actual podcast wherever you're listening you'll see you'll see it there and don't forget to subscribe to my podcast please and like it give me a review good review though please if you don't mind and also the epic mum chat when you have a new episode out the guilt which is about 
dealing with the guilt of choosing whoever you chose <laughs> to be the other parent to your children when they didn't work out quite the way you wanted them to. But it's about other stuff as well, but that's kind of like the leading title. But yeah, that's on the Epic Mum Chat, which is on YouTube. So if you search Epic Mum Chat, Narcissist or The Guilt, then it should come up. We need to sort out our URL, but we need to have more people subscribing, I think, or have more, or have our account have been around for longer. I think that's it. I will sort it out. I'm so not, I mean, I am technological, but oh my God. Sometimes I realise my age. Anyway, I hope you are good and well and happy. And I'll see you next week. And if you haven't listened to um, any other episodes, if this is your first time, then please check out my other episodes. I've had some amazing chats. The most popular of recent has been my uh, friend Nicole's journey with through addiction and childhood trauma, which has um, had amazing responses. I think it's really resonated with a lot of people. So check that out if you haven't. It's not a hard listen. It's she speaks about it very. Um, in a good way, even though it's shit, it's, you know. And I had Star Wars Sunday on last week. So if you don't know who that is, then you should know. She's brilliant. Work. Body confidence. And Work. I think that is it. I'm going to stop talking now. Have a lovely Sunday. Big love. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.